0: Happy Father's Day to all your dads, especially to my dad and my father-in-law and my son-in-laws who are dads and the one who will someday be a dad when he finally figures out the reproductive process. So one day, uh, Jesus is praying, right, in a certain place. And when he finished, the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. This is super important because you got to understand, they'd seen him do miracles, right? They didn't say, teach us how to multiply the loaves and the fishes. They didn't say, you know, teach us how to walk on water or calm the storm or any of those other cool things. It was teach us to pray. And and that's really interesting because they realized after watching Jesus for a while that they realized the source of his power. And we all want that. I I mean, unless you can get bit by a radioactive spider, we all want the power. So how should we pray? At some point, you're going to need to know this. Like you may crash, crash on a race course someday and, and be at a loss for what to say. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Allah. Help me, Tom Cruise. Help me, Oprah Winfrey. I'm on fire. And it's not going to work because it's, it's not multiple choice, Ricky Bobby. But it is really simple. Jesus gave us a prayer that people just kind of recite. Um, they've known it since they were a kid and they just go through the lines and um, a lot of times it just it really doesn't it doesn't matter, it doesn't work because it's not much more meaningful than Ricky's underwear prayer on the track. Okay, if you're just gonna lip sync along to a prayer, it's really not gonna help you. Don't Milly Vanilla your prayer, okay? And gosh, young folks, you gotta go back and look at this wonderful music and wonderful moment in music history, man. It's so awesome. This band was a fake band, but they were they were they were like ripping off somebody else's voice, also, until one night. At a concert, the tape got stuck, and it was just like, Girl, you know it, girl, you know it, girl, you know it. That that's basically uh Millie Vanilli is the Lord's Prayer if you don't know what it means. Okay, so don't make it a millie Vanilli prayer. Let's learn how to really pray. Jesus says, This is how you should pray. If you're just joining us for the first time, we've been doing a series called Prayers God Always Says Yes To. And and the truth of the matter is, as a good parent, sometimes God has to say no to us. Sometimes God tells us that we need to wait. Um, But we wanna know about the ones he's always gonna answer with a yes, okay? So we'll start with, uh, we started with the Holy Spirit and then we did wisdom and today we're gonna do Our Father in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven. You know this is the Lord's Prayer, right? And that's what Jesus gave them when they said, "'Teach us to pray.'" But here's the deal. In the Old Testament, God is referred to as Father, but like in general, okay? Never in a personal way. And it's Jesus that invites us into this intimate relationship with Father as Daddy. And the word is Abba. And I'm sorry if Dancing Queen just popped in your head, but that's what we're talking about. It's Daddy, and it's the first time in the New Testament that we get to understand that. So it's Father's Day, and I know that that's weird, and that's hard for some people. I mean, it's wonderful for others, and it's hard for others. I get that. I thought my parents were kind of weird, too. You know, I talked about that last week, right? Um, This is me. I love this picture. This is me and my mom and dad when I was little. And look at the look on my face. I know I was really cute but look at my face like you guys are messed up so the term used for father here was a close family word describing a close relationship between a father and a child okay and it might not have been that way for you I get it I know that Father's Day isn't easy but this is about you and your real father okay So Jesus is starting this prayer this way, but he's inviting them. He's giving them permission to approach God as daddy. That's the difference. You see, for most of us, whether we know it or not, we have developed a relationship with God that's more like a business partner or more like a job. I mean, nobody who works for me ever comes up to me and gives me a big hug on payday. I mean, most of you look for, you look at your pay stub, right? And you're like, this should be more, right? I mean, at least if you live in Illinois, like if I got paid this and I lived in Indiana, it'd be okay. You aren't excited because it's not a gift. It's a reciprocal thing. It's, it's just a payment, okay? But Jesus showed us and proved to us by his payment for our sins on the cross that our relationship with our dad is not transactional. It's a relationship with a good dad, that's what it is. That's the difference. And we talked about this at Easter God the Father, who is always looking and waiting for the prodigal to come home. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Well, what's hallowed mean, right? I mean, holy, but what does holy mean? Hallowed, by definition, is to make something sacred or absolutely ultimate. Okay, you understand that? Like, you are the one that's in charge. You are the one who is holy. So the prayer begins in understanding who we are talking to. You are holy. And then, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the really, really important stuff. You know why? The main reason is me. It's really all about me because that's the way I think. You may not know this about me, but I'm actually a profoundly self-centered and selfish person. You can say amen if you want. I can't hear you. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter, okay? But I can take any situation, it seems, and make it all about me and about my feelings and about my preferences, and it just seems to be my default setting. And it probably, if you're honest, is for you as well. It's all about me. It's all about I. It's all about number one. Oh, my, me, my, right? That's what I'm talking about. Even if I'm not being selfish, I'm still sometimes tuned into the wrong signal your kingdom come your will be done i read a news article about the global hawk which was at the time the most sophisticated unmanned aircraft that the air force had it was a 45 million dollar airplane that could fly by itself for more than a day and and scout out terrain and send video back to ground control up to 3,000 miles away but on one fateful day in spring global hawk simulated did a simulated mission and the chaser plane was surprised to see it suddenly roll over and dive straight into the desert at 400 miles an hour not only did it do that but but it actually prepared itself to die an investigation found that it shut down its engines it erased the classified computer and set its flaps in a death spiral before going down for the last time what they found out was, uh, you know, what what just happened? Well, they were at Edwards Air Force Base and a second team was doing a second aircraft at Nellis Air Force Base, 100 miles away, and they were working on their Global Hawk and they told their Global Hawk to, to, to cease and desist and it got the wrong signal and the first Global Hawk, $45 million into the desert. You understand? Uh, its computer was capable, incapable of distinguishing which signal to obey, And I think my computer has that same problem. Prayer helps us determine which signal to obey. The purpose of prayer is to get not to get our will done, but to get God's will done. Do you know why there are so many problems in this world? I think it's because uh, we got the wrong signal. God's will isn't being done. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Many of us start our prayers and end our prayers right there. It's just, you know, hey, God, I need this, right? And he, he, he's, he's cool. He's a good dad. It's okay. But sometimes it sounds more like we're making an Amazon order than a prayer, isn't it? You know, I'm like, God, here's what I need. And don't you tell me that COVID-19 is messing with my two-day delivery That's different than this. Give us this day our daily bread, okay? Bread is a need, not a want. Pay attention to that. And I know it's a bad analogy for those of you who are doing keto diet, but, you know, it's daily food, okay? So don't get hung up. Daily bread is enough to get us through today. And it's not just about our food, but about our resources. Lord, I need the physical and emotional and spiritual resources to get me through today, This time of pandemic that we live in, we're all like, what's next? What will fall be like? What if we start coming back together and things spike? What if we have church and people get sick? Man, I don't know. It's why we seek God's direction, okay? So ask for wisdom and do our best to get by day by day. Not give us our weekly bread or our monthly bread, just give it for us today. And while you're at it, Lord, Forgive us our sins, our debts, as we forgive those who sin against us. Um, We don't forgive to earn God's forgiveness. His forgiveness is based on Jesus and His love. But God forgives us, and that should inspire us to forgive others. Man, do we need this prayer in our country right now. So Jesus goes from talking about our daily bread to talking about our daily sin He goes from our physical needs to our spiritual needs. And they are both daily needs, right? He might as well have said, give us our daily bread and give us our daily forgiveness. But we must never forget that our ultimate battle is not a battle with the boss. It's not the battle with the relative. It's not a battle with the disease. It's not a battle with the government. Our ultimate battle, it's with sin. And that's what it comes down to. Sin separated us from God. So we need to be forgiven. I'm guessing that you already understand that. And if you don't, um, that's a whole message by itself. God wants to do that. And I think the most important thing in this part of the Lord's Prayer is that super difficult word as. As. Forgive us as we forgive. And that's a big as word, okay? That's the problem. Sometimes, somehow, we want to enjoy relational harmony without thinking about, you know, God, or we want to think about God without thinking about relational harmony, but they go together. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation. (laughs) All right, I know this one gets confusing. Okay, don't misunderstand this. I heard about a guy who was trying to lose weight and he kept praying, God, please help me lose weight. And there was this donut shop on his way to work you know remember when we used to go to work and stuff and 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 he would go by it and he always would stop in for donuts and so one day you know instead of changing his route he went by the donut shop and and he saw it and he started getting hungry for a donut and he said lord if you don't want me to have a donut you know don't let there be a parking space open there and he was telling a friend about it later and he said you know i just think god let me down because sure enough eighth time around the block there was a parking space It's not like that, okay? The phrase, lead us not into temptation, isn't saying, God, don't mess up and take me to the wrong place. It's not like God led King David up on the roof one day at the same time he led Bathsheba to decide to go up on the roof and be naked, okay? God didn't do that. Somebody else messed up. It's saying, Lord, we trust you to guide us, okay? We trust you to guide us because you alone know the way that we need to go. It's, it's you saying, I have a lot of paths to choose, Lord, and I need your help every day, every morning. Lead me in the way that's the right path and not the way that you know I could be tempted. And I'm going to trust in you. It goes back to what we've been talking about in this series, the prayer of the Holy Spirit and the prayer for wisdom, how we do our lives. One guy told me, you know, I I, I just don't know. I'm tempted every night. I'm tempted every night to look at my cell phone and look at stuff I shouldn't. And I'm like, well, why don't you not put your phone there? And he's like, well, I got to use it as an alarm clock. And I'm like knucklehead buy an alarm clock okay i mean that's not god leading you into temptation that's you being dumb okay buy an alarm clock if you're an alcoholic don't leave a glass of bourbon sitting by your bed at night you see what i'm saying lead us not to into temptation is just about the general idea of god help me to know the path that I need to go down. Many of you have been through the Rooted program, and if you haven't, you absolutely need to. And one of the powerful weeks in Rooted is about strongholds because the Bible talks about the strongholds that Satan knows how to lure you in. You know, everybody's a different fish, and everybody has different bait, and Satan knows you. He knows yours. So what we're doing is we're asking him to lead so that we can avoid temptation. Lead us to stay strong. Help us to find a better way. If you then, this is what the Bible says, Jesus said, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So to me, the connection here with Father's Day is if this is how Jesus lays out the view for our Heavenly Father, then what does that mean for us as dads? If Jesus uses this prayer to to show us what God wants for us and how He cares about us, then how should that change how we do it with our kids? That's Father's Day for us. This is the example. Jesus goes on and says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open." This is the prayer God always says yes to. And depending on your translation, um, there's a doxology at the end. It's probably added by the early church, but it's beautiful. It says, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What was that? It was just their way of going, "Hey, let's go back to the I got our father at the beginning and our father at the end, okay? They wanted their prayers to end with this crescendo, right? One more way to remember that swing thought. If you play golf, you know, if you got too many swing thoughts going on in your mind, you're going to mess up. You need one swing thought. Dad. I mean, it's been a long time since I, you know, was a a dad with kids but when they were kids they would run to me for fun sometimes and they would run to me when they were little and they ran to me when I hadn't seen them for a while but they never ran to me faster than when they were scared let a big dog come out without a leash on and they were in my arms faster than a hairpiece in a hurricane that's what we say in Oklahoma if that's how you feel today listen I understand One swing thought, God. But I think the important thing we need to understand about this prayer in regard to Father's Day and living in uncertain times is that one swing thought has immediate access. Listen to this see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. We are His kids. So give us this day our daily bread doesn't just mean that you dial up occasionally or you dial up for the big things. You can go directly to God anytime. You don't have to take a number because you're not going to be put on hold. He's your dad. My girls always had access to me. And now it's even easier. Two of my daughters call all the time on FaceTime because their kids want to talk to Papa. That's how it works. So I almost always pick up a FaceTime call because I know the, probably the only reason they're calling me is because Nana didn't pick up in the first place. So if one of my kids or my grandkids call me, I usually interrupt whatever I'm doing and take the call. That's immediate access to God. That's dad. That's what you've got. One of my favorite descriptions of God in the Bible is in the Old Testament. Prophet Zephaniah said, he will rejoice over you with singing. And and literally, what that means is he will literally dance with you. Doesn't that sound good right now? Some of my best memories as a dad and some of our best home videos are of the family dancing. Not a happier time, that's when the music is blasting and the place is jumping and we danced. And of course, if you're a dad of daughters and you don't get this yet, uh, the one you will never ever get through is the daddy-daughter dance at the wedding. Nothing harder or more beautiful that you will ever experience. Here's all three of mine. Thankfully, I'm done with that. Man, oh man. But can you just take that image, that description, and let that be your thought of God. He dances over you. Complete access. One swing thought. So let's do this together. I want you to pray this together with me, if you would. Um, pray it out loud in your home by yourself. Pray it out loud in your car. Pray it out loud with your online group, whoever you're with right now. Unless, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the kind of King James version, so I'll put it up on the screen for you. And we'll do this together and we'll do debts so you don't have to like worry about which one that's going to be. And I want to do it really slowly and let you unpack this as we finish out on Father's Day. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Have a great day.